Welcome to the One Thing Global Leadership Summit podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel Lim, your host. This morning, we are on site in Hernhardt, Germany. It's Hernhardt, Germany is a city that is on the far uh, southeast of the nation of Germany, right near the border of the Czech Republic and Poland. And today we have a special guest, Sue William, one of the elders of the Jesus House right here in Hernhut, Germany. And she has been laboring in this place for many years with the local elders to raise up a house of prayer for all nations. So Sue, thank you for giving us time this morning. And uh, I think our audience are familiar in some way with the history of the Moravian 110 years prayer meeting. But we want our audience to get to know you before you share your hearts with them. So Sue, tell us a little bit of your background and how you eventually got involved in Hernhut, Germany. Yes, thank you for this opportunity, Daniel. Um, yes, I'm originally from England. Um, I grew up there, was, I've been a believer um, all my life was brought up by Christian parents and have known Jesus for a long, long time um, as a friend and as Lord. Um, and my story with Hernhut uh, began, I was doing a full-time job in England, had my life, my church, um, everything going, going well. And in the middle of that, in a suddenly moment, God said, it's time to move. And I thought, move where? You know, what, where does this come from? And as I sought the Lord, he gave me two scriptures. One was Genesis 26 about reading in the wells and the other one was Jeremiah 6.16 about the ancient paths. And at that point in my life, I wasn't so familiar with all that kind of house of prayer, prophetic language. Um, what was your church background? My church background was mixed, so I grew up in a more traditional Anglican church as a, a young child, and then I moved um, to, to rugby and was part of a more charismatic uh, Anglican church. And then when I went to university, I joined um, a, a, an independent free church with Pentecostal uh, roots, So, and I'd been involved in, in many different uh, church environments and ministries. So you actually were both exposed to traditional Protestant churches as well as the more free expression of the evangelical transdenominational. Yes, very yes. much so. The whole the whole spectrum. Um, Wonderful. Yes. So when did you first encounter this place called Hunter Germany? When, when did you first visit? Yeah, so as I as I um, sought the Lord about what he wanted, um, I did a, a discipleship year in England. So I moved from my job and my home and did this discipleship year as, and knew that it was a stepping stone to something else. And as part of that year, um, there was an international trip. I heard, heard about Hernhut during the year and my heart was really stirred. And then I found out that my, my group, my trip, was going to go to Hernhut, which was amazing That's for providential, me. providential, <laughs> right? Yes. Now, when you first found out about Hernhut, what struck you? Like, I mean, there's so many amazing places on the earth. Why did Hernhut caught your attention? You mean when I was actually here or no, the no, hearing yeah, about even it? Even hearing about it, it <laughs> intrigues you. When you, you realize your trip were coming here, you must be excited. <laughs> so what causes all yeah. this stirring? Yeah, so we heard about the, the history of this place and how they were so committed uh, to worship and prayer, but also to community. This was a, not just an event or a, a thing that they were doing, but it was a lifestyle they were living. They were living prayer and worshiping community and then from that place they experienced the heart of God and were willing to lay down their lives for the gospel and that just touched me really deeply um, that as we draw together 
uh, and begin to worship and pray 24-7, then something of the Lord's heart connects with us and it, and it causes us to say, yeah, this is what I want to give my life to. And that's what the Moravians did. How many years ago was that? when you first encountered her? Yeah, May 2008, I first May came. May 2008, over, slightly over 10 years yeah. ago. Yeah. Remarkable. And I remember last year that when the, the Watchman Gathering was convened here, it was your 10-year journey in this yeah. place. And uh, it's remarkable that we're back here to be able to see the work continue to grow mm -hmm. under the care of the eldership here. Now, for those of us who are perhaps not so familiar with the history of Hernhut, Germany, it is a, a location where one of the historic high points of Christian expression on the earth was uh, actually um, manifested in a very profound way. Um, the Lord used a group of weak, uh, hopeless refugees from the Moravia, which is on the eastern part of the Czech Republic. And when they were fleeing uh, difficulty and persecution, they prayed that the Lord will grant them a, a, a place, a land where they can be the hidden seed, where the Lord will preserve them and flourish them and prosper them. And they landed in the estate of Count Zenzendorf, which is actually in this part of the world. And, uh, you know, the story goes that in the early days, the community couldn't get along. And they were having quarrelsome time. And the Count Zenzendorf uh, called for a prayer meeting and called for a time of repentance. And the prayer meeting that started during that time did not end until over 100 years. People take turns to keep the watch of the Lord. 24-7 mm -hmm. prayer. And that was over 200 years ago. 1727, the prayer meeting started. It does not end until the 1830s. And during the first few decades, what was remarkable was it didn't just stay as a prayer movement. It affected people like John Wesley in England and many other people who were carrying the torch of the Great Awakenings. So it affected revival in the Western world in the 18th century and the 19th century. And it also pioneered the Protestant missionary movement a few decades ahead of William Carey. William Carey did not write his book until 1792, but the Moravian was in more than 40 countries doing sacrificial mission in the 1730s to 1770s. So Sue, <laughs> we are so delighted that you are back here, assigned by the Holy Spirit to dig this ancient well. Amen. Tell us <laughs> what is happening right now, 2018-19 in Hernhut, Germany. Yes. So it's really important for us that uh, the work here continues in the spirit of the Moravians, that this is not just something for the past, but it's something that, that is continuing to happen. And we see that the, those seeds of, of awakening, those seeds of revival, those seeds of prayer and worship, community and missions are here. Uh, they haven't died. And what we're doing as a community here is, is, is praying and um, building an altar of worship. So our, our four main things is we're building an altar of worship here for the glory of the Lord. Uh, we want this place to be a well of encounter for the nations to come and experience breakthrough and healing and direction. 
we want it to be a gathering place, whether that's regional or national or international, where believers can come and, and express worship together as the body of Christ, as the bride of Christ, and grab hold of his heart and pray those prayers for the nations. And then our, our fourth thing is we want to be a training center. So we want to draw people in to um, understand the DNA of Hernhut, the worship, prayer, community, missions, discipleship, and then be sent out with those seeds of, of that DNA and to, to plant those seeds in the nations to see the same thing being done across across the earth so we have a house of prayer here we are also a local grassroots german church here um, and we're just continuing to build on on that vision wonderful so in this city of Hanhut, there is the historic moravian church that was birthed out of that 110 years prayer meeting the revival but also there's this jesus house mm -hmm. And tell us a little bit of the history of the Jesus House. Why Jesus House become this womb that birthed this house of prayer and this, this uh, prayer room? Yeah, so there was um, a small uh, group of teenagers in the, in the 1970s here in Hernhut who experienced uh, a revival of their own. Their hearts were really burned, really, really stirring with uh, worship and prayer to see uh, the same things happening again. Um, and uh, eventually in, in the 1990s, uh, when they were a little bit older, they um, established a church here called Christian Center Hanhut. Um, and right from the very beginning, it was very much part of their hearts to have an expression of house of prayer here. They felt that vision was very much from the Lord, to build a house of prayer for the nations. And they also felt from the law that it was to, to, to bring the nations in and be a training center. And they started that off in a small way in, in, in uh, the leader's heart, so in Marin and Christian's, um, sorry, in their house. Um, and, but the Lord spoke to them about the building opposite their house, which at the time had been the town hospital. And this was a big, big building, and they were a small, small group. But they felt the Lord say, this will be um, a house of prayer. So this is 1990s. This is in the 1990s. Yeah. So this was still a hospital. Yeah. This location where mm -hmm. we're recording yeah. right now, we're in the middle of a garden, very beautiful garden, surrounded by uh, quite a historic looking building. Mm -hmm. And that is the hospital, the town hospital. Yeah. And it's completely vacated. No one was using it. So it was uh, being used as a hospital. And then eventually um, it closed down as a hospital. And briefly it was um, an old people's home, if I remember rightly. And so at the time when God said this will be the house of prayer, it wasn't up for sale. So it was like, okay, Lord, but this, this is not up for sale. But they, they uh, prayed and then and they took him at his word and they laid hands on the building and were like, okay, if this is, this is your will, Lord, then do it. We're, co we're committed to this. And then eventually the building did come up for sale. Um, so they planted Jesus' house in this building. Yes, yeah. So when did the prayer room start? So, yeah, so they got the keys for their house in, in January 2005 and started uh, renovating but also building the prayer ministry alongside. So the story of Jesus' house has been very much the two things going along. We're building practically and we're building spiritually, so to say. We're, we're, we're beginning to uh, set back in place the worship and prayer um, together so it's not been a journey of let's finish the building and then we'll start praying it's very much the two hand in hand and we're just slowly building building um, in maybe to be more precise now i walk in there's a dedicated mm -hmm. prayer room mm -hmm. when did that start 
That was pretty much from the beginning, I think. It wow. was I was I came two years in, and it was yeah. there then. Um, but they've they had originally they had a twenty four seven prayer room over the gate gateway, mm-hmm. uh, which then had to be um, uh, when they were making the big sanctuary. They could it became unusable because of the renovations. So then we moved into another ah. room. There's um, always been a dedicated place for it's prayer. Been dedicated. It has been a priority. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So at this current stage, you know, I look at this place, this, this facility is marvelous. The staff is marvelous. I've gotten to know some staff. They're from all over the place. They're from <laughs> Poland. You're from England. Tell us a little bit of the people who are mm-hmm. actually anchoring. Are they mostly local? Do they come from all over the world? Yes. So that's very much part of the vision, too, that it will be, um, it's, it's, it is a grassroots German ministry. It's from here. It's not a group coming in and setting something up here because of Hermann famous or something. But it's very much come from the people here and the hearts of the people here. But it was always part of the vision to, uh, to have an international team. They felt the Lord had said that, even though there was no evidence of that when they started. They felt the Lord said, you, in, people will come internationally to join with you. And uh, after even the, the first year of having the house here, they began to have internships to call people into the vision. And, and initially that was called Unite, and the heart was um, looking for people who wanted to unite their heart with the vision here and the people here. And so over those years, that was from 2006, we've, we've had um, hundreds of interns from, I think... So when you got here in 2008, there was already interns? There'd been one, one round of interns at that point, yeah. So okay. I was in the, the second wave. So you decided after, after the trip to come back here and stay back to help? Yeah, so while I was here in, during those two weeks, um, what was amazing was that the, the leader at the time here began to share the vision of the, the house and straight away he used the two, two scriptures that God had, had gave me. And actually the Genesis 26 scripture is the founding scripture for Jesus' house. Wow. And they nearly called it Rehoboth. Wow. Um, but thought that maybe people wouldn't connect with that as well as something like Jesus' house. So, but that's still a founding the scripture of the house um, that this would be uh, a place, a room for um, us to to so build. So I assume instantly you felt you found your tribe. Yeah, well, it was very much just that, re- you know, it resonated with what the Lord had said to me um, and just the, the principles of prayer, worship, community and missions. And also for me, a key thing is discipleship. My heart is for discipleship to see uh, y- um, young people, um, men and women, get a hold of God's heart, uh, um, be transformed by his love and then be released into whatever the Lord's called them to do. So now over 10 years later, you are leading the prayer room here with a group of people. How many hours uh, do you actually come together corporately or allow the room to be open to individual prayer? What's mm-hmm. happening in the prayer room? Yeah, over the years, it, it's, it's shifted and, and changed. Um, at the moment, we have about uh, 50 hours a week. Some of that large more large corporate and some of it just two or three people um, praying for all sorts of different things sometimes nations sometimes topics sometimes purely coming together for worship well for some of our audience there's only 168 hours per week 50 hours is a lot of time that's an average of seven to eight hours every day do you also do the sets or the prayer meeting on sunday or no uh there are some a couple on sunday yeah so it's basically every day Yep, every day there's something. And there's some night watch? 
Yes, we've um, there's been people faithfully doing the the early morning. Four a.m. Uh, yeah, four, five, and, wow. and six for for many years, um, and then we've just recently, uh, my team have just recently doing been doing through the nights, Thursday to Friday, uh, just two. Both nights or from Thursday, Thursday midnight into fr to Friday yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah. Every week. Yeah, a few That's... times we've dropped off, but pretty much. Wow, <laughs> remarkable. Yeah. And how many people are the regular committed intercessors locally and from those from... Gosh, that's uh, really hard to answer. <laughs> maybe fluctuates within yeah, the range. It, it does. I would say there's probably about 40 people. Yeah. 40. Yeah. You know, many people from around the world resonate with this place. Mm -hmm. For example, those of us in Kansas City. There have been 20,000 intercessory missionary students and interns who have gone through our base in the last 20 years of 24-7 prayer. We were all inspired by what Count Zenzendorf and yeah. the Moravian did. The, the, the scripture in Leviticus chapter 6, verse 13, let the fire on the altar not go out, is inscribed and written on our wall. And that was basically one of the verse that Count Zenzendorf you know, use it as a rallying cry. Let's keep the fire going. And, and, and you guys are really an inspiration, not only to us, but to many people around the world. I just talked to Brian Heasley in London, uh, one of the leaders of the 24-7 prayer movement. They, they drew inspiration also from this place. So our dear audience, if you are tracking with our conversation this morning, there's an opportunity to jump in and be part of this story. You can be anywhere in the world, if you have a short period of time in your life or an extended period of time in your life, if you're within the European continents, it's even nearer. You can even drive here and be part of this story. So, Sue, if someone is stirred right now listening to the podcast and say, I want to be part of this Jeremiah 6 and Genesis 26, digging the ancient well, task force, I want to be a watchman on the wall, how can they be involved? Yes, we would encourage you firstly, if you're able to, to come to uh, connect with us um, and you can come for just as a guest to experience the, the House of Prayer. One of our key values is, is that people are not just coming into a building, but they're coming into a community of worship and a family. And that's what we want to invite people into. So is there a place they can stay if they come for three, four days? Yes, we are also a guest house. So we have a number of rooms we can uh, host uh, in, in, in normal beds we can host up to um, approximately 35 people okay what's the cost roughly the, the cost the is room and board. very reasonable at 15 euros a night for a standard room and uh, 10 for the dormitory well if you're listening and you feel stern you say you know i need some time with jesus at an anointed place i have a place to recommend you and I think Sue would agree. <laughs> you know, you basically kill two birds at one stone. With one stone, you come here and you unwind from whatever you are doing, whether in the busy ministry or in the tasks that you are engaging in the marketplace, and you give yourself at the feet of Jesus in a focused way at the same time. I believe Sue and the team can find you something to do here. <laughs> yes, we also have very uh, many opportunities, of course, to come and pray. That's what we want. We want nations to come and pray join with us um, but also you can come and volunteer uh, whether that be through an internship or if you're just here for a few days and you want to uh, 
sweep some leaves up, clean a toilet, help in the garden. There's very many ways that people can, can come and volunteer with the continuing work in the house. And so we encourage that. So uh, you mentioned internship. Is mm -hmm. there an age limit to the type of internship you're offering? Is it only for a certain age group? No, we don't have an age limit, um, at least not for the internships. For the discipleship schools, it's more the sort of 18 to 30 range. But for the internships, there's no, there's no uh, age limit. Um, and we just take the applications and see whether we feel like it's right for them So and us. people from all walks of life with different skill set can come and pray and volunteer their skill set here. Yes, yeah. And be an intern for a season of time. Yeah. Uh, we would encourage you to do that. Last night, there were 150 leaders from over 40 nations, I think 30 or 40 nations. We pray that the Lord will send Hernhood Germany gifted men and women that will come and help build this house in the mm -hmm. spirit of Zechariah chapter 6. And I believe that as you're hearing this podcast this morning, the Holy Spirit might be knocking at the door of your heart. You know, ask the Lord, when can you respond to the Lord? Where can they find your information online? Yeah, so uh, we have a, a website, www.cz hanhut.de or if you just search for Jesus House Hanhut you'll find it for sure. So on Google, Yahoo or any of the search <laughs> engine put in Jesus House spell as H-A-U-S and you will find the Hernhut Germany's address and the information, right? Yeah. Jesus House Hanhut, yes. Yes. Yeah. So Sue, thank you for your time this morning. I believe some of our audience who are listening right now is already stirred. I would like you to pray for them mm -hmm. that God will call them forth and they will walk in the fullness of all that God is calling them. Yeah. Yes, I speak out all over all the nations that they will grab hold of this DNA of prayer, worship, mission and community. That something would sink so deep in their hearts that these seeds that have been planted um, over years of prayer and worship will sink into their hearts and take root and then spring to life. And we bless them. We bless the nations from this place. We bless the nations in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that the fire of the Lord would burn in their hearts and these expressions of worship and prayer in the nations would, would, would burst forth, would spring forth um, for the glory of the Lord. Amen. Well, thank you, Sue Williams, for not only uh, giving us your time in, in this beautiful garden. Right now, we're in the middle of a courtyard and uh, just doing this podcast on site in mm -hmm. Hanhood, Germany. For me, it's a dream come true. You know, for us in Kansas City, Hanhood, Germany, and the Moravian 110 prayer meet, years prayer meeting is legendary. Mm -hmm. It is inspiring beyond what many of our people can only imagine what is happening. They have now walked the street and touched the stone, touched the soil, you know, walked the God's acre. And so if you feel inspired, I, I'm sure you are from all over the world, you know, in terms of people in the prayer movement, come and experience what God is doing and be a part of this story. Thank you for joining us in this podcast. Stay tuned for the next one. We always have interesting guests who believe in leading from the place of prayer. <laughs>